welcome you to our podcast. We are the Faith Lift Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time together studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. The king sobers up and he appears to have some remorse. And then he starts thinking, okay, so what's the best way to deal with this remorse? And after consulting his wise men, they said, oh, I know. Let's go focus on finding a new queen. (laughs) Yeah, because you have to remember that yesterday we talked about um, how all the decisions were made in a non-sober state. Yes. Mm -hmm. So now he's like, oh, man, now he realizes. Big mistake. Yeah. Right. Um, so what he's doing, we, we're, in this particular chapter, we're going to learn about Esther, who she is. We're going to learn about her cousin Mordecai. Um, and that what we know about her is that she was chosen from, um, there were 400 women chosen for the king's harem with the potential to becoming his queen. Okay. So, and the way I was thinking about this is it's kind of like a reverse lottery. This is when you don't want to win. Yeah. 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 I mean, these are young women. Yeah. Taken from their families, so it's pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, Terry, read some scripture. Um, Esther chapter 2, verses 1 through 11 from the NIV. Excuse me. Later, when King Xerxes' fury had subsided, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what he had decreed about her. Then the king's personal attendants proposed, Let a search be made for beautiful young virgins for the king. Let the king appoint commissioners in every province of his realm to bring all these beautiful young women into the harem at the citadel of Susa. Let them be placed under the care of Haggai, the king's eunuch, who is in charge of the women, and let beauty treatments be given to them. Then let the young woman who pleases the king be queen instead of Ashti. This advice appealed to the king, and he followed it. Now there was in the citadel of Susa a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin named Mordecai, son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, who had been carried into exile from Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, among those taken captive with Jehoiakim, king of Judah. Mordecai had a cousin named Hadassah, who had who he had brought up because she had neither father nor mother. This young woman, who was also known as Esther, had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Mordecai had taken her as his own daughter when her father and mother died. When the king's order and edict had been proclaimed, many young women were brought to the citadel of Susa and put under the care of Haggai. Esther also was taken to the king's palace and entrusted to Haggai, who had charge of the harem. She pleased him and won his favor. Immediately, he provided her with the beauty treatments and special food. He assigned to her seven female attendants selected from the king's palace and moved her and her attendants into the best place in the harem. Esther had not revealed her nationality and family background because Mordecai had forbidden her to do so. Every day, he walked back and forth near the courtyard of the harem to find out how Esther was and what was happening to her. Wow. So that's go ahead. That's that's heavy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we read it and we think, oh, they've been taken to the king's palace to you know be part of the beauty parade. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not as easy as it was. No, no. I mean, they're taken from their homes, from their moms and their dads, their brothers mm-hmm. and sisters, all the life that they've known up to this point. 
and thrust into a totally foreign environment with people that they've never met before. With the whole idea being that they're mm. going to be taken to the king and paraded in front of them. Yeah. And then, even if you didn't get to be the queen, mm-hmm. which, you know, maybe there was an element of excitement to, you know what, I might be able to be the next queen. But even if you didn't get to be queen, it's not like they went, oh, sorry, you're disqualified. You, you can go home now. No. They were still in the palace. In the harem. In the harem. Yeah. Think of, um, I was thinking kind of about Mary and Joseph. They were betrothed mm-hmm. to each other. That meant they were almost married. They were as good as married. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine this uh, retinue of the king's men coming in and saying, Mary, you, 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 on, get in yeah. the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to the castle for the king. Because there were Ford trucks back in the day. Yes. Get the pickup truck. A big Econoline Get the truck, morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I try to be so spiritual, but... <laughs> <laughs> but then those young women who were betrothed and who grew up knowing, I'm going to marry this man, this is going to be my life who are even in love, mm-hmm. no, they're taken from that, yeah. never to return, mm-hmm. never to be married, never to find love, mm-hmm. never to fil- fulfill those dreams, maybe never to have children, depending yeah. on if the king decided to call for you once a year, you mm-hmm. might happen to you know, become pregnant. Your, your life's dreams as a young girl, yeah. gone. down, just gone, and they, they're never let out. And can you just imagine the drama of oh, 400 oh, oh. women All and living one together. man? <laughs> I mean, one husband? Mm. Like, one ick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, ooh, the infighting, and because there were stations within the mm-hmm. harem, right. it wasn't like, you know, it was just a lottery. There was There was favorite. a hierarchy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, there. I'm sorry, no, Haggai, when she pleased him, sent her to the best place in the harem. So right. how do you think the other girls are going to feel about that? And maybe the women that were already there, <clears throat> excuse me, who were maybe moving up in the hierarchy. Yeah. And then here comes this girl, and she's put into the best place. And what happens when you get older? All these young women coming in behind you. Mm. What about the ones who've been in the harem for 20 years? Talk about losing your significance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there's, okay, so some of these women did have children, Mm -hmm. and they were the king's children. So who's going to be the heir? Who's going to be, you know, and so there was always fighting between the mothers Mm -hmm. uh, because they want their son to be the next king. Mm -hmm. and. It yeah, was just a and messy, and messy, very messy, messy process. Yeah. This practice was crazy. Mm-hmm. Barbaric. Thank goodness we don't have that here. Amen, <laughs> sister. The truth. Well, this is, unfortunately, like the original form of, maybe not the original, but definitely an instance of sex trafficking. I mean, they're bringing, it is, yeah. they're taking these girls and they're saying, yeah, you're you ours any choice, now. you're ours. Yeah. And we're going to do with you what you, we want. Mm-hmm. That's not cool. No. Mm-hmm. So let's take a look at who Esther was. What were some things about her that we learned in that? Well, we learned that she was an orphan, mm-hmm. um, that her mother and father had 
passed and that her uncle Mordecai had adopted her Mm -hmm. and brought her up as his own daughter. So she was a little Jewish girl. I would imagine um, educated to some degree in what that meant as far as a faith in God. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, there's certainly evidence in this book that she knew who God was and that she was willing to be a part of his plan. Mm-hmm. So how hard must that have been, too, in the beginning, before she saw the way that plan might unfold, to just be taken and basically prostituted to the yeah. king? Well, and she, um, I don't think we know when the name changed, but her given name is not Esther. It's not Esther. No, it was Hadassah. So she's losing a lot of her identity. Well, Mordecai actually told her, don't tell anybody that you're Jewish. Mm-hmm. So she's also living kind of a secret life. Mm-hmm. Um, that had to have been hard, too. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, another thing is they were taken away from their families, mm-hmm. but somehow Mordecai found a way to be by the palace gates. So he found a way to still influence mm-hmm. her position or what was going on with her. Uh, Mordecai was older. They say he's her cousin. Was it her mm-hmm. cousin, not her Yeah, uncle? but he was older in that he could raise her like okay. an uncle would, perhaps. Um, they lived in the Citadel of Susa. That's, yeah. I think that's a part of it. Why? They weren't, she wasn't brought in from the countryside or other provinces oh. or anything. She was in the citadel already. And so that's how he could influence mm-hmm. it or he already had position. Okay. Yeah. And I was just reading that um, it was as long as you had permission, as long as men had permission from the eunuchs, um, they could visit women in the harem. Not in the building. No, women of the harem. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they could walk outside. and Like a family member. Like a family member. Okay. Fathers um, okay. could do that. And so they said it probably wouldn't have been terribly difficult for Mordecai to have regular access okay. to Esther um, because he had gained favor. We don't know how he had, but he had gained favor with the eunuchs so that they allowed that. Mm-hmm. So thankfully, she wasn't completely alone, but you're right. She Mm -hmm. is in this very difficult place now Mm -hmm. in the palace, and she has to hide her identity as a Jewish woman. Um, She's beautiful, but she's she's smart. She learns that you need to please Haggai first, Mm -hmm. get his favor, and then he can help you move, Mm -hmm. move through. So I was seeing something like... um, Oh, wait, that'll be in the next chapter. Sorry. Never mind. But, <laughs> um, the things that are interesting is she didn't demand a kosher diet of any kind. She just ate their food. Mm-hmm. 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 And so that kept her identity. Had she demanded a kosher diet, her identity would have been exposed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as a... As a group of people, as a city of people, can you imagine the effect that it would have had not just on the women that are being taken, but what do you think the mindset was of the people in general? Like, how do you think the people in general were affected? Oh, I'm so glad I'm ugly. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) 
Lord, please, a breakout on my middle of my face right now. I need a zit. Right. The biggest zit in the middle of my nose that has ever been in existence. I I just um, picture just heavy sorrow and weeping. The mother's, you know, no. I I just, if it was me, I'd be holding on to my daughter. No, don't take her. Don't take her. It'd be pretty demoralizing. Oh, Oh, terrible. I just think the pain of, and not just in the, I mean, the whole country. Yeah. The whole country and... Um, and how about all the young men that are left? I mean, I, to have yeah, that I, many women taken out of the population yes. at one time They're, left a whole bunch yes. of young men with no no wives. No wives. Mm-hmm. We got to remember that they were captives. The Jewish women were captives. Now, not ev- these weren't just Jewish right, women though that right. were being taken. They were being mm-hmm. taken from every family. Um, but as far as the Jews in particular, they were captives. So, you know, they. There might have been a little more incentive on their part to kind of keep quiet about it and not raise a ruckus, but I would think some of the others might have been a lot more vocal about it. I think my daughter would be consistently out running errands. So when somebody came and knocked on the door, we're here for, oh, I'm so sorry. She's she gone. went out, but She's she'll be back at the later. well. Right. The other well. Right. Knock, <laughs> knock, the knock. well in this other place. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, or maybe, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. She's ill. Yeah. You know, yeah. Don a mask, carry a bucket, and you can see her, you know, whatever I could Wrap do. Wrap up in to rags or people. leper. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I just think about the anxiety oh. of, a, of the people. Of the people. You know, yeah. never knowing if that knock on your door is going to come for them to take your child. Mm-hmm. It's we heartbreaking. can't even fathom mm-hmm. what that would be like, yeah. So they were, they were in a position that was, that was heartbreaking and very devastating. Are, are there times that you've reached, you've been in those situations, I'm sure, and how did you handle it? Was God helpful for you with that, or did he help you get through it, or how did you lean on God for that? Hmm. Okay, that was hard. Sorry, I just pushed us off a different track, day. Eh? That's mm. okay. I'm thinking. I know, I know for me, just slightly, we had infertility. Mm-hmm. I didn't know God the oh. first time. So the first time, I I didn't use God. I didn't have that sense that this was part of a bigger plan or it would be okay if this didn't happen. The second one, I was just totally surprised. And I was like, thank you, God. This yeah. is great. But I was still a baby Christian at that time, too. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know. I don't know that I did lean on God like I could have. But I, I will tell you one thing in both of them. What was similar is is I couldn't see the bigger plan. I couldn't see the bigger picture. Well, I think that's pretty apparent with Esther at this point, too. She doesn't really know what the plan is. She has an incredibly good attitude, it appears, mm-hmm. in that she's um, she must be pretty pleasant, pretty easygoing, pretty easy to be mm-hmm. around because Haggai kind of takes her under his wing, and she finds favor with him. Mm-hmm. So she couldn't have been moping around and fussing and complaining, and you know she had to have been pretty agreeable about a lot of things, I would think. Mm-hmm. So good attitude. She doesn't know what God's got in store for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she knows I need to please the king. Mm-hmm. I need to do whatever I'm supposed to do. Yeah. 
This goes back to the respect issue that we talked about mm-hmm. yesterday, where you don't have to respect the person, but you do have to respect respect the position. The position. Um, and I think this shows a great amount of respect for the position and the mm-hmm. rule that she has been placed under. Yeah. Well, and her uncle has supported this. So she has shown a great deal of respect for him mm-hmm. by trusting that he knows maybe something that she doesn't, right. that he knows what's best, that his counsel is wise. Because um, it does show a lot, of, a lot of trust in him that she goes willingly and she behaves herself. She conducts herself with dignity. A lot of maturity yeah. for someone who would have been probably as young as she was. Yeah. A, a lot of respect for God and trust in him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many times are we in those situations where we cannot see our way out of it? Yeah. And how hard is that to actually trust? It's hard. You know, when you're in the midst of something that's going on and you cannot see any way, shape, or form that God could possibly be in the middle of it, it's really hard to trust. And it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. There's no way yeah. you're going to figure this you one out. You can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that, that that's where we really do have to rely on that relationship that we have with mm-hmm. God. We have to know that He really does love us. You have to know so, that has to be such a part of you, that you know you're loved by Him, that, um, that you're willing to just kind of let yourself be folded into His arms and, and be weak and not know what's going on, not have any control, but just trust Him and know that He's going to see it through, see you through it. Um, that's not always pretty, but I love how in this circumstance, he has placed Mordecai there yeah. for Esther. It says every day he walked and checked mm-hmm. on her. Yeah. So sometimes God uses people mm-hmm. in those positions to yeah. help build us up and yeah. help move us along. To too. encourage us that we can do it. We right. can get through it. Yeah. It's important to have those people. Mm-hmm. The real wise men and women around us. Yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, well, is there anything else that we know from today? I think we kind of covered it. Yeah, I think so. Man, Esther feels like it's just kind of sailing along right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're just kind of cruising through it. I think mm-hmm. I like Esther. It's easy. It's a narrative again, yeah. which is kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'll confess that um, I just keep seeing Veggie Tales as we go through this. <laughs> now that we know who Mordecai is, mm-hmm. right? Mordecai has inter- been introduced into the story. And Mordecai, in the Veggie Tales version, is played by a character called Paw Grape. And he is a green grape who just bounces along. So, <laughs> Doesn't he have a belt? Um, sometimes I think in this instance, maybe he has a mustache. Oh, yeah. That might be wrong. (laughs) I haven't Um, seen it in a couple of years, so I don't remember. Yeah. But anyway, Mordecai is not a large bouncing grape, (laughs) (laughs) but it just keeps coming back to me. very wise one though. He was wise. Eat your fruits and vegetables, folks. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) All right. Does somebody want to pray us out today? I will. How about that? All right. Okay. Father God, you are good, and you, um, I think you have a little bit of a sense of humor, and I appreciate that, Lord, and I appreciate that we are able to enjoy each other and enjoy being um, in each other's company and in your company, God, because we know that you are here with us, and I just, um, 
I thank you for that. I thank you for this story of Esther. And I thank you um, just for how evident you are from the very beginning, just weaving all the way through it and how um, it's a story of things that um, seem ugly and hard, but you just work your way through it, Lord, and you make it good. Um, And I just pray that we would be able to kind of soak in your goodness, Lord, and soak in um, just how outrageous things are, Lord, but how there is always a bright side to it, God. I thank you um, for these women. I thank you for each woman or man who is listening, Lord. And I just pray that you would um, help us to remember these things that we have learned today and help them to apply, help us to apply them to our lives as we go about um, just our everyday lives, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And cut. <laughs> <laughs>